Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker. That's the magic of cinema." I love the magic of cinema. Today I'll talk about one of my favorite episodes of Marvel Studios, What If. Whether Marvel creates movies or TV shows, they are all cinematic. Animation is cinema. This episode's title is What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord, written by Matthew Chauncey and directed by Brian Andrews. The episode opens on Morag with the exact coordinates from Guardians of the Galaxy. T'Challa walks into the temple and steals the orb containing the power stone. He holds the gravity trap in his hand unlike Peter Quill in Guardians of the Galaxy. Korath and his colleagues stop T'Challa from stealing the orb, but it turns out Korath is a fan of Star-Lord. When Korath says, "Should we be bowing?" it's a reference to Avengers Infinity War when Bruce thinks he should bow and Rhodey tricks him into bowing. When T'Challa says, "No treasure is worth as much as the good that can be done with it," you know that he's spoken like a true king. T'Challa's aircraft is named Mandela after Nelson Mandela. We now see a flashback to Wakanda 1988 where young T'Challa wants to explore beyond Wakanda. Ravager's aircraft abducts T'Challa thinking it's ego spawn. T'Challa is more than thrilled to explore the world with Yondu. 20 years later, which is 2008, T'Challa and the Ravagers hang out at Contraxia. At the nightclub, Korath is guessing which of the impossible tasks that T'Challa has accomplished could be his favorite. When he speaks about the Mad Titan Thanos, Thanos appears from behind and says, "I'm a big enough man to admit when I'm wrong." I was blown away. How did T'Challa manage that? T'Challa explains, sometimes the best weapon in your arsenal is just a good argument. The diplomacy that T'Challa's character has, it is highly plausible that he could have stopped the Mad Titan Thanos. Thanos says, although I still assert that my plan was not without its merits, this dialogue made me think Thanos would flip any minute now. This feeling of impending doom really worked for this episode. T'Challa's team tries to explain to Thanos, "Pretty sure it's still just genocide, big guy." Thanos thinks it's pretty efficient. Drax the bartender spots T'Challa and thanks him for saving his homeworld from Kree invasion. It's because of T'Challa that his wife and daughter are alive. I love the romance between Nebula and Chacha. Nebula draws T'Challa's attention to the orb and checks if the big guy knows about it. T'Challa believes Thanos has changed and is into gardening now. just like he was in Avengers Endgame. T'Challa suggests that Nebula should speak to her father and resolve their differences. When T'Challa mentions that Wakanda is destroyed, I was so surprised. It's the most powerful nation on earth. I am sure someone has lied to him. Nebula has a plan to steal the embers of Genesis from Tenilia Tevan, the collector. Nebula wants T'Challa's help. Thanos thought his daughter works alone. People in the nightclub are shocked to learn that Nebula and Thanos are related. Both Nebula and Thanos instantly reply, "Adopted." Just like Thor and Loki have said to each other in Avengers and Thor Ragnarok. T'Challa informs that he tried to get Thanos and Nebula into counseling. I wonder what that was like. 
Yondu doesn't want to be a part of the plan that involves the dangerous kingpin of the intergalactic world. T'Challa convinces Yondu on the Ravager's aircraft, the Eclector. Of course, the Collector is at his base of operations called Nowhere, the mining colony of a severed celestial head. Yondu, Nebula and T'Challa sneak into the Collector's chamber. Ravagers start a riot causing a distraction for the Black Order. When Thanos says, Call me Captain Genocide one more time, new guy. See, I told you Thanos would flip any time now. T'Challa passes by Cosmos the Space Dog, a Dark Elf and Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck gives directions to Embers of Genesis and later even accompanies T'Challa. Proxima Midnight figures it's a diversion when she sees all Ravagers fighting amongst themselves. She instructs to raise the alarms and lock down the building. T'Challa hears the buzzing alarms and flees. He passes by a fleet of spaceships, most of which look similar to those of Grandmasters in Thor Ragnarok. There's one Quantum Realm spacecraft, Avengers Quinjet, fighter jet aircraft of the Nova, and Ravager Small Pod. Grandmaster and the Collector are brothers and elders of the universe. Maybe the brothers have similar taste. T'Challa's necklace lights up when he passes by a Wakandan spacecraft. You can hear the signature drums from the movie Black Panther. On the spacecraft, T'Challa hears the recorded message from his father T'Chaka on how they've been looking for him ever since he was abducted. Nebula double-crosses T'Challa and strikes a barter deal. She exchanges T'Challa for embers of Genesis. T'Challa confronts Yondu for lying to him. Devan thinks T'Challa could fly or shoot lasers out of his eyes, which is a reference to Superman. Devan cages T'Challa like the others. Nebula now rescues the Ravagers and reveals that it was always hers and T'Challa's plan. T'Challa uses his vibranium necklace to break cage glass, but Ebony Maw uses the broken glass to restrain T'Challa. Karina shoots Ebony Maw and saves T'Challa. Devan attacks T'Challa as he tries to escape. Devan uses a terribly chatty Cronin's arm to fight T'Challa. Was that Cronin Korg? Devan's weapons contain a dagger from the Dark Elves, Captain America's shield, Mjolnir, Hela's headgear and the Necrosword. Maybe this Mjolnir was without the worthiness enchantment. But what about Captain America's shield? Cap was not out of the ice until 2011. Thanos saves Nebula from the Black Order's attack. When Proxima Midnight slices Thanos, Nebula stops in her tracks and rushes back to save her father. Yondu comes to T'Challa's rescue. Nebula feeds Embers of Genesis to cull Obsidian to escape. Thanos carries Nebula back to the Eclector. Yondu and T'Challa use the Sticky Fingers trick to steal the gauntlet from Tevan and trap him in one of his cages. T'Challa hands over the gauntlet to Karina and leaves. Karina unleashes all the prisoners onto Tevan. T'Challa uses his Wakandan spacecraft to escape. T'Challa decides to visit Wakanda. After a while, they land in Wakanda. T'Challa is reunited with his family. Okoye explains Thanos that his plan is genocide, but Thanos thinks it's random and efficient. Nebula is embarrassed by her dad. She actually says, Oh, dad! T'Chaka still wants to figure out how T'Challa was abducted. T'Challa steers the conversation, saying Yondu saved him. Cut to Dairy Queen in misery, Peter Quill is mopping the floors listening to the 80s song Flocks of Seagulls. Ego meets Peter, revealing he's his father. His egg-shaped ship is parked outside. 
The end slate reads, dedicated to our friend, our inspiration, and our hero, Chadwick Boseman. This episode is packed with events. There's so much happening that it doesn't feel like the runtime is only 30 minutes. That's how you pack a story in 30 minutes and still make it feel like a movie. I'm sure James Gunn would be proud. I had tears listening to Chadwick Boseman's voice. I didn't like this episode because it was one of Chadwick Boseman's last performances. I liked it because it was genuinely good and engaging. You can listen to The Awesome Pod Mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, I'll soon be launching The Awesome Pod Mix page on Patreon, and you can support me there. Thanks for listening.